spidey senses tingling. Really big show. He's like a antibiotic-resistant staph infection that lulls you into a sense of security uh, that is false. Right before he whammo gets you with a second round, he's slim. He's the host of this Paper Keg Podcast, episode 184. Welcome to the show. Paperkeg.com Listen, let's cut the BS. One of the biggest shows in history. Biggest book clubs. Let me just say two names right now. Goran Parlov. Starlight. Drinking game during the book club How many times Jonesy talks about how he might have wept While reading Starlight Slash Fury Max a second time Uh, And then at the end of the show we read your letters Letters at paperkeg.com I referenced one man earlier Jonesy loves... Beer. You're a writer. Yes, by night. You're a writer by night. Uh, you texted us earlier that you were, quote, ready to record. Last one to show up. I mean, just classic <laughs> Jonesy. Oh, man. He, he Twittered some kind of gimped photo of his equipment being set up, and his son was <laughs> in the photo. Tried to make it look real. Welcome I back, Jonesy. Slim, I think it looks Slim, uh, live on air. Slim just brought in a, the duffel bag. Dropped it and pulled off, pulled out the sawed-off Jonesy. Pa-cow! Pa-cow! I just, uh, I don't right even know why. Belly. I mean, I got a text saying that I, that somebody would be late uh, because they were putting their child to bed. So I didn't realize that uh, Goebbels over there was watching the clock. <laughs> but word. that's fine, whatever. Jonesy just compared me to oh a God. Nazi monster. Let the record show. I just want to just put that out there. This is the show we run here, and I am appalled by it. <laughs> Let's move on to the other host, uh, who I believe Jonesy referenced last week as something horrifying mm-hmm. on the air, but we won't get into it. It's not the show we want to run here. Uh, Dale underscore A. He's a father. He's been alone with his kids for some time. He's ill. Mm. He's on the edge of any of any man's, you know, whatever he has left, he's on the edge. Welcome back. Whatever edge I was on... Before Saturday, when I spent 24 hours sick in bed, just my bedroom, just off of the kitchen and the living room, uh, complete anxiety, tension, every time my wife had to talk to the kids, in air quotes, talk to them, and uh, for me to stay guiltless in my bed took all my power. I mean... Right. If she could just have cut the top half of the house in half with laser eyes <laughs> when she would glance now, over to the bedroom with Zod eyes. Where on the scale of priority, you know, you're laying in bed, you're you're probably watching Halloween, you're watching H2O, Halloween Patton, H2O. I was watching Halloween H2O. Where on that list does the show announcement Tumblr post fall into line in your view? Remember that post that we used to do when we used to announce the show? Look, I'm not... I'm not going to lie to you, all right? I do the tum- I do the show posts. I don't do them from any of the mobile apps Tumblr offers me because they're garbage. And you cannot write a post on the mobile Tumblr apps because the keyboard covers up where you're typing. Believe me, I've tried... Some kind of dark cloud just hovered into your room. It's like three lights just went off, and you're just a dark entity now. If you could edit in Paul Bearer's music as soon as I started talking. (laughs) God rest his soul. What a show we have. Can we just 
right off the bat, I think we should announce the next episode's book club right away because it's been a long time coming. It's finally happening, barring disaster. Next week, Jonesy's boy, Michael Bendy, Uh, and uh, his other boy, his other boy, uh, what's his name? Uh, Maliv. Alex Maliv. My ex-boy. Best friends as of Baltimore Comic Con. Off off the record. I don't know if we've ever told that story on the record. <laughs> Maybe at the next PK meetup, you can regale everyone after, with that. After the text lashing I got from last week's episode, I might never regale a story <laughs> from real life ever again. Te- text lashing. If we could only read the logs out loud, no one would ever consider <laughs> it a text lashing. You know that scene in Ben-Hur where he's just rowing by himself and they lash him for no reason? Listeners, that's how I'm treated in this group text. I think we should just put our text logs out there and let people make their own decisions about what really transpired. Anyway, we're doing Halo, finally. That's the book club. The When Marvel got the license to do Halo, they did a Bendy Maliv book miniseries. We're doing it. There you have it. I actually can't wait. I think Halo has been uh, cheapened and sullied by us long enough. Just but just passed just over. say for the fact that we've put it off and put it off, we've bumped it aside. Is that what you mean? Yeah, probably. We'll get there. Well, you, you guys probably got it in a group. Text there's still a couple. More, there's each. still a couple more days before the show post drops. So you know, maybe somebody else has a better idea, and we do that book instead. We'll see. Some sometimes I just log into the the PK account just to see if it happened because I can't wait to read it, and I close the app and just put it on the desk and. Just lay down, <laughs> close my eyes. I cross my hands over my chest, and we need to we need to move on. We need to move on, Dale. Do you have any final comment on that topic? Just happy New Year, okay? The show post would have dropped on New Year's Day. Happy New Year. He was sick, slim, sick, and for the previous couple of show posts, he was also sick. That's because you've got some kind of funk illness going around in your body that anyone just latches onto when they're near you. I'm surprised I didn't get sick when I saw you for the paper That's cake Christmas. That's because you run, you're just athletic, and uh, you know you protect yourself I, from that. I did, uh, just, my hat's off I to did you. in fact, meet up with Jonesy to catch up the third Hobbit film. It was nice to see him, my friend, in the reclining chair movie theater. Oh, man, it was great. How was, was how was the movie? How was the movie on a scale of one to ten? Dale underscore ego. Uh, uh, um, five and a half. I will give it a five point four five. Wow, bold. You know what I watched that I would rate probably an eight Cocktail. or a nine. I'm gonna shock you right now. The Gone girl. No, Babadook is like 20 on a scale of 10. Wow. Wow. Ninja Turtles that came out this past year. Oh, yeah? The Michael Bay Ninja Turtles? Two thumbs up for me. Hugely entertaining and funny. Really? Yeah. Gets a bad rap by these these internet mongrels out there. It's the hipsters. They hate the Ninja Turtles. They hate Michael Bay. They hate Ninja Turtles and Michael Bay together. They think it's a recipe for disaster. He didn't even direct it. He just produced it. Along with like three other people. Oh, well, there you go. I didn't know that. These mongrels have 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 gotten in your head. They certainly got in my head. PR spins, you know? Master of PR spin. Jonesy loves beer. What did you read this week? (laughs) I'm the master of PR spin. (laughs) All right. I want to talk to you about a little book that is sweeping the nation. Ready for this? Ready. Star Trek and the Planet of the Apes, The Primate Directive. Wow. This is a book I read. Uh, wow. It was a light week, guys. Um, so this book, this comic published by IDW, um, has the crew of the original um, Kirk era Enterprise. Uh, you know, their their enemies are the Klingons. You know, they're kind of uh, shooting around in Klingon space. And... Uh, they're going to chase the Klingons into a portal. Where does the portal lead, you ask? A alternate timeline where the Planet of the Apes movies have happened. And I S you not, the Klingons are supplying 
the apes with AK-47s. <laughs> My word. And uh, that is the end of the first issue. I will not be picking up issue two. <laughs> I uh, I thank uh, the publishers for trying. I mean, uh, both are long-standing sci-fi genres with a big following. Can't go wrong by my, you know, what do they call that? Uh, mashup, crossover, if you will. Uh, it just wasn't for me. Are the so. Klingons also in the Planet of the Apes universe, or are the Klingons from the Star Trek universe bending time just to give them AK-47s? From what I understand, is the Klingons are being nefarious, opening a window to this alternate timeline where they have something to gain hmm. by arming the Love. primates with AK-47s. I was, I was just going Maybe. to ask what's in it for the Klingons. I mean, the the primates, they can't... They probably don't use money of any kind. They probably use, like, baby doll heads that they dig up <laughs> or poop, monkey poop. I just... Like, um, using. I don't <laughs> see what the Klingons are going to get out of this. But, if, um, if there wasn't a movie franchise called Planet of the Apes, that would be like the worst reveal of all time in a comic <laughs> book. We've been supplying AK-47s to this planet of monkeys. <laughs> um, yeah, so that was my week in comics. Uh, thank you, IDW. Where are the Klingons that? getting AK-47s? I mean, I don't, I don't know. I would think AK-47s were an Earth-only design from the distant past. Exactly. In the 23rd or 22nd century in which Captain Kirk exists. There's a lot of plot holes here, guys, and uh, they sail right through one of those into a parallel universe. Which, Probably in a you know, Klingon warship. Huh? Oh, it, it, I think it's a bird of prey. That's what it is. Was, That's what's is called. the actual name. So it sounds great. Just, if I can be it's, please don't read it. Do you have uh, you seen all the Planet of the Apes movies, Jonesy Loves Beer? I've nope. only ever seen the original, and then I've seen the two recent movies. The, um, I guess, Dawn of the Planet of the Apes and Rise of the Planet of the Apes, which I, I love both. Yeah, I, I really, really like that good. second one. CGI yeah. was through the roof. Hmm. I actually, uh, funny story, I saw that at a drive-in for like the first time I've been at a drive-in in like 20 years, and it was one of the best experiences of my life. Sounds sexy. Yeah, yeah I know. Blunt. I had the pickup truck backed up into the spot, had some blankets, some some treats. And you were by you know, yourself? My lady and I, oh. we just, <laughs> by myself, my lady and I just laid in that truck bed and watched the entire movie. You kicked off one of your pair of socks? Maybe mm. I kicked off both. Oh, my word. <laughs> Good heavens. Did you walk to the concession stand with your gr- in, with, in the gravel, the gravel <laughs> in between your toes? Just slicing your my feet up and feet. down. Oh, my God. This and then turn- some, somehow diagnosed with a staph infection a year later? How'd that happen? I wonder. Oh, the uh, boy. Klingons supplying the monkeys with staff infections. <laughs> They're actually supplying the concession stand with monkeys. <laughs> uh, moving on, very light week. In f- I will. I'm confident in telling you, I did 99 percent of my reading an hour before we recorded tonight. <laughs> Witches number three. Scott Snyder, as Jensie calls him, the maestro, jock. On art, uh, create her own book about witches, obviously. And this girl might have been bit by a witch. She's seen some freaky stuff. She was encountered by a bully when she was younger, and a witch came out of a tree and killed the bully. Nobody believed her. Mm. So she's got some mental issues she needs to deal with. Everyone thinks she's a crazy person. And this issue deals with the father and the wife on the hunt for her. She's gone missing. And the father was kind of assaulted by a creepy witch woman the issue before. And no one kind of believes him about that either. And the main reason I want to talk about this book is Matt Collingsworth is doing some crazy psychotic colors in this book that I've never seen before. It's like, who's that painter that kind of just threw paint at a wall and like, Jackson Pollock? Yeah, it's like Jackson Pollock all over this book. It's really weird. Have you guys read issue three yet? I uh, I read the first issue, and I've downloaded the second two, but I have not kept up. It's going. I think it's one of those books that I'm going to have to read in a sitting versus mm-hmm. following week to week. 
I've never like I've never seen um, coloring like this. Like we talk about great coloring just because you know it's like normal coloring, but there's just like actual like ink splotches kind of on the page too, almost to 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 show you the kind of psychosis that the characters are going through and just like weird scenarios happening with witches appearing and maybe not being there, but. It's really strange. I've never seen a comic book with coloring like this before. I don't mm-hmm. actually even know what to think of it. It's kooky. I heard... Did we talk about it? I heard that second issue went like really into some dark, dark place. I can't remember what was said, but was it like really dirty or was it... It was like AK-47s. To monkeys. And to monkeys. What's up with Scott Snyder? I mean, severed... That whole weird Joker without a face, which is... Severed was amazing. I, I wish that Scott Snyder would show me on the doll where he was hurt. He always has, like, a story behind the story. The first issue talked about how he had this creepy old car in his backyard or <laughs> some forest behind his house that always freaked him out and how he thought he saw a witch. And that was, like, the basis for the story. Wow. His, like, he's got, like, some kind of childhood thing attached to, I think, a lot of his work. That's cool that, I mean... Your mind is just remembers it for one thing, and then just remembers the uh, your psychotic or mm-hmm. your psychosis psychosis attached to the event that would uh, that would uh, spring about. Jonesy, have you have you ever encountered a ghost in your life? Yes. Can we talk about it on air? Or is it too personal? No, no. I will. I will absolutely tell you the story. Uh, in my old apartment. Uh, where that my wife and I shared before we bought our home. Um, I used to work the second shift, and I would come home late at night. And one night I came home, and I uh, I slept on the couch as to not awake my wife. And um, as I was settling down to turn the TV on, I distinctly heard what I thought was her voice calling my name. So... Uh, I got up. I told her, "Hold on one second. I mean, as I walk down the hallway, the like someone is saying, "You know, Chris, Chris, that's my real name, guys. Sorry, fourth wall." Mm. And uh, I open the bedroom, and my wife is sound asleep. Man. So something was in that room calling my name. And that wasn't the only time that that happened to me. I uh, was it all in that apartment or other? Uh, it was only ever in that apartment. I remember one time. Um, I was at a dead sleep on the couch and somebody shook my shoulders and said my name and I woke up and there was nobody there. Oh boy. Side effect of Legionnaires, I think, are uh, delusional. <laughs> five, years, <laughs> five years in the future before I had it. Delusional moments. The Jonesy so. Duke. <laughs> the apartment Jonesy Duke. <laughs> I'm sure he did have some kind of Duke happen later. <laughs> right at that moment. <laughs> All up my back like a newborn, let me tell you. <laughs> Probably screaming for his wife uh, from within the bathroom for some help. She's like, somebody call my name? <laughs> somebody, reach, somebody reaching out to me? What about you? Have you? Have either of you had a supernatural experience? Dale? I don't remember. It. You know, I don't know. That's a yes. Sounds like he doesn't want to talk about it. (laughs) I don't remember. And if, uh, you know, I spend any more time trying to remember live on the air. uh, That means Slim has got to have a good story if he set us up. Uh, Well, the book kind of made me think of it. But I remember my old house that I grew up in that I lived in with my dogs. I remember hearing uh, my one dog, Minotaro, running around downstairs on our hardwood floors hardwood-esque so you could hear his nails like running up and down the, the floor and then so i figured he needed to go out so i got up to take him out but he was laying right next to me mm-hmm. i just remember that being pretty freaky jesus oh that okay Ooh. <laughs> i also just have a that, that got me this mental vision of jonesy being so scared that he just jumps right into the shower because he messed himself so bad yeah just, i don't uh Guys, I don't watch scary movies. Trying to play it cool. I'm not Katie? that guy. Oh, spoilers. Uh, you need to watch wife? The Baba Duke. And I want to be there when you watch. I think we should all do it together. Oh, force yeah. you to watch it. And total, PK meet up with The Baba Duke. Total darkness. If I have a group of friends there, I will be fine. Or, but or I can't do you? it with like just my wife because my wife uh, 
feels a need to further F with me. Mm-hmm. Like, after we watch the movie, she'll, like, stand in the middle bedroom, just in the doorway, <laughs> oh and wait for me to God. walk by, and, like, not move, just, like, creepily. Oh, yeah. boy. I yeah. think... Uh, oh, is this a show about comics? I forget. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> yeah. Let's get back on track. We need to get back on track. Dale underscore A, you have not messed yourself uh, by being scared, or at least that you don't want to tell us about it. No. I've um, only uh, recently messed myself by being sick and coughing too hard. Check out one of the episodes of The Flap for that mess. Uh, what did you read this week, please? I, uh, whilst sick in bed, I cleaned up a lot of my Marvel back catalog. I did not make it to the comic book store uh, Christmas, the day of um, between Christmas and New Year's. But I want to talk about uh, the Spider-Verse team-up books. And this is a tie-in to the main Spider-Verse ti- uh, title going on in the Amazing Spider-Man books. And I just want to talk about the uh, the kind of creativity behind the Spider-Verse team-up book. And it's a lot like A plus X or AVX, those side-shoot, offshoot books of uh, Avengers versus X-Men. But it just, uh, it's two stories in every one comic issue. And it just teams up random Spider-Men from random timelines because uh, the point of Spider-Verse is they're all trying to defend themselves against the uh, Moreland and his family of spider-eating people. So, in Spider-Verse team-up number two, actually, I think so far knocked my socks off with um, just kind of a chuckle team-up was uh, Miles Morales, Ultimate Spider-Man, the Spider-Man from the Disney cartoon, who is Peter Parker, but I think the uh, the cartoon's called Ultimate Spider-Man. And uh, Spider-Man 66, 67 from that era cartoon. <clears throat> so Miles and Disney Spider-Man are sent to um, New York, 1967, where all the buildings look the same. And the only building that has a sign on it is the Daily Bugle because in the cartoon it's just nondescript buildings that Spider-Man is swinging through. And it's like the same six buildings, you know, in an animation left to right as he's swinging. So even Miles comments, he's like, do all these buildings look the same? Like, it's the world of the cartoon, which is really kind of creative. And they encounter Peter Parker of that world and they're trying to convince him to come with them, so they can huddle up all the diff- all the Spider Man all the Spider Man together, <clears throat> and based on from what I've seen of the the Spider Man cartoon on Disney, uh, that Spider Man breaks the fourth wall a lot. He talks to the audience, and that's what happens in this book. And even when he's kind of having a moment of thought, um, say he's thinking about like in one of the cartoons, he explains the Savage Land, and when he does that, like it, it the cartoon like zips to a a thought bubble but it's like these little tiny uh chibi looking it's like a chibi looking spider-man and he's like explaining the savage land with a pointer and a globe and he tells you where it is and who wolverine is and stuff so all that was in this book like the chibi spider-man for a couple panels and it was just really i think it was really really cool and not it it doesn't have anything to do with the main story, but I think anybody buying this title would know that anyway. It's just a team-up book that tells fun stories, but just the fact that they're going for for these random Spider-Men that you know aren't made up, but they're they exist in other mediums, such as the Spider-Man cartoon or you know, you know 66 Spider-Man. It's just really, really cool to, to read. And the animation and the, the character design is spot on. Like, Miles Morales looks like the ultimate Spider-Man from the Ultimate Universe. and uh, But the coloring for the other two cartoon Spider-Man are spot on. Like, the everything about the uh, New York and 66 is, like, very matte. And uh, Spider-Man's costume is very simple. It's, it's really cool. Really, really cool. It sounds like a great idea for that. Spider-Verse stuff, which I guess I never really considered, because I kind of, I don't know, I just see, I haven't been reading the series, and all I've really seen is a bunch of issues of, like, 30 Spider-Mans, mm-hmm. talking about how they need to 
do something. Yeah, and and parsing through that was a little confusing at first, but what I like about it is with that many Spider-Men, you know, the focus is still on Peter, our Peter, 616 Peter, but they take they might take a panel or two because they'll send out these um squads of like scouting Spider-Man like like before I read this Spider-Man team-up book um I read Spider-Verse proper and it's the, you know in that book they sent out Miles Morales and the other Spider-Man but they only show it in like a panel or two and then it'll say if you want to read more of this story check it out in this tie-in so it's not it doesn't completely hog the main title, but it also gives it just enough to tie in to make you want to check out, like, if you wanted to pick out issue only issue two with a team-up book mm-hmm. or just one or two issues instead of just collecting it all. You know what I'm waiting for, Dale? Your boy, Scotty Young, to give me that monthly Kung Fu Spider-Man book I've been waiting for. <laughs> I don't care if it's a, a photocopied deli book. Right. I will take that SOB. Uh, the Mangaverse Spider-Man. Yeah. When does yeah. the Spider Verse like? Is there a end date, like a finale, or is it like a year long thing? Um, let me let me pull it up. I have it right here. I don't think it's a year long, but there's a checklist at the back of every book. Let me see. Uh, it looks like maybe two more months, maybe. If Amazing Spider Man is still bi monthly or you know every two weeks. There's only three more issues of that left, so maybe maybe a month and a half left. Two sentences or less. The lightning round. The most popular segment in show history. Jonesy loves beer writer. Please. Salvage. By uh, Like Ion Press. Written and illustrated by Chris Howard. Uh, Chris uh, makes a comic of his own novel of the same name, Salvage. Uh, Very interesting concept. Great read. If you liked uh, the Maestro's uh, creator-owned series. What is that called? Lightning, hold on. What's what's the series underwater? Seth Snyder, what's it called? Um, The Wake? Yep. Lightning, back in. If you like The Wake... You'll love this book. Hmm. Gonna leave that all in. Just has to stay there. <laughs> if you could not, that would be great. Stray, number one. The Doberman trains his son to be his young ward in this uh, superhero tale called The Rottweiler. Fast forward and the Doberman is dead. Can his son come back and save the day? Light, lightning question about this title. Lightning, okay. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> Thor, issues one through three. I assumed a lot about this title before I started reading it. Jason Aaron is still on point, but now more than ever does it feel like just a story arc that was renumbered to a number one. Starlight. Mark Miller and Goran Parlov. Goron the Legend Parlov, Talk about I think him. is how I prefer to call him. Image Comics, I think this was Image, right? Yeah. Okay. Uh, Six-issue limited series from Mark Miller. That might just stir up emotions from people. Mark Miller, uh, Civil War. Uh, Freddie Prince Jr. <laughs> reference. Uh. Um, you know, a lot of people don't like Mark Miller. But, uh, Jonesy, what is Starlight? So, Starlight. And can I just say, uh, Team Paper Keg is on Team Miller. Okay? (laughs) 
Go ahead, Jonesy. I'm sorry. I mean, not. We're not talking Dale. about Ultimates three. We're not talking about. Well, no. I mean, or whatever he did when he came back, Death of Spider Man Ultimate. Let's just ignore that part. Right. Right. That aside. So, Starlight, Jonesy, please, is the classic Flash Gordon for the modern day age. Uh, stars superhero of our own minds, Duke. As an old man, he's the ex-savior of the planet Typhon. Uh, now he's the uh, the savior in Twilight, if you will. He's returned to Earth. No one believes his story, uh, but he still managed to throw together a semblance of a life. He's a repairman, a retired repairman. Uh, has two sons. Uh, and he's he opens the story laying to rest his dear wife Joanne, the one that motivated him to come, to come back from Typhon all those years ago. As his life kind of progresses into more loneliness, his sons kind of ignore him. You know that they're more interested in their own lives. You know Duke is given a a second chance to go back to Typhon, a character who I believe they only refer to as Space Kid. In this entire series, uh, shows up in his his cloaked rocket, uh, who he has not been handing out AK forty sevens to monkey people, uh, and Duke is once again given the opportunity to go back to Typhon and live his glory days. Uh, he returns to the planet where another dictator, uh, much like uh, his last time there, has taken over the planet, and there because Duke saved them so many years ago. Uh, they've forgotten how to fight, so they're a slave culture. And through a underground resistance and kind of hitting all the classic earmarks, and I, and I hate to go back to the Flash Gordon well, but kind of hitting all this classic sci-fi serial earmarks, Duke saves the day. And uh, in one of the greatest Top Gun-esque scenes, he buzzes that tower on the way back with Space Kid, and the world knows that Duke was right, and you're all a bunch of S-heads. And in one of the greatest endings of all time, his family renewed in their strength and loyalty, have dinner with their old man, who they now respect above all else. And he walks outside... And he lights that last cigarette. He says goodbye to Joanne and goodbye to Typhon. Bathe in the starlight. I do want to make two minor corrections. The planet was uh, not Typhon. Not Typhon. That was the warlord that he overthrew. It was Tantalus. Yeah, that's what I said. And no, Tantalus was the bad guy. And it was not Space yeah, Kid. It was Space Boy. Listen. Did that detract at all from the reverence to which I gave? If, Mar- if Mark Miller listens to this, he probably... Mark Miller just tuned in for the first time and has already shut off mm-hmm. this podcast. He's too busy organizing Millard World conventions where people you know, pay $5,000 to fly to Scotland <laughs> and to sit with him for half an hour. He has no time for this podcast. Uh, He's getting his blazers out. He's wearing those sharp cut blazers everywhere he goes. Gen are Z, you making? We all know. Are this. you making that assumption on the one PR picture he had? He releases to everything <laughs> where he's just like this. Jonesy, this was right. not meant to be some kind I mean, of assault on Mark Miller. After I corrected you for two <laughs> points of the book, I apologize to Mark Miller if you're listening. Mark, everybody knows we love Mark. Like I Mark said, Miller. Team PK, Team Miller. <laughs> Maybe more Team Dale and Slim is Team Miller. No, no, no. Stop right now, because The Ultimates Volume 1 is still probably the most read graphic novel that I own. Uh, amazing. That was during our heyday of young jumping oh, back man. into comics. If I could pause real quick and talk about this. <laughs> when when I came, when you two had Please. the comics podcast, and Slim invited me over to his house for that first time to do a podcast, which I had no idea what that was. Still Do you remember not. we stopped midway through the episode to talk about Ultimates Volume 1 for what felt like a half an hour? Mm-hmm. I don't remember that, but it sounds likely. My memory yeah. is not so hot. But I remember you would, Jonesy would come in with a 12-pack of Miller Lite 
in, <laughs> in Slim's 95-degree office. Oh, yeah. Where those Ooh. beers probably came from a refrigerated store. They quickly acclimated to the room temperature of Slim's office, <laughs> and we still drank them with the tornado necks of the beer. I forgot about those. Oh, yeah. And then, oh, we, broke, and then we broke Slim's futon. <laughs> we did. And we never replaced it. We're terrible friends. I do remember Ultimates being amazing. I feel like it still holds up. My all-time favorite Captain America next to my, you know, obviously Rick, his take on Cap. But, so, I don't know, Miller was known for, like, the reinvention of the Ultimate, of the Marvel Universe. He did the Ultimates. Him and Bendy were, like, the studs. And then Miller started to go off and make his own thing that were usually generally always sold to movie people to make Mm -hmm. into movies. And I think he kind of... I don't know. I think there was like a big comics contingent that didn't care for him after that. And he did Nemesis and that was kind of like, I guess his stories kind of, I think a lot of his stories have like almost unneeded or over the top racial overtones, maybe just even coming from people where like, they're just like super racist coming from that character and they kind of, you know, it's like really off putting. So this book I, when it came out, I feel like a lot of people were just like, eh, whatever, it's Miller, you know, what kind of garbage is he going to put out with this futuristic um, space sci-fi tale? And I was really surprised that it didn't have any kind of twists. There was no somebody getting their head lopped off at the end of one issue that just made you feel like crap. There was no, like, in-your-face negativity outside of the people being enslaved on the this other planet, but it just felt like a, a heartwarming tale, and I just was not expecting it when I f- had first read this. Yeah, man, I got it. I got it. That's was going to be um, one of my points as well. Like, it just feels like a good old feel-good comic. There's no, I mean, there's like he hits all the main points that you would in like an outline for the book. And th- and that's it, and and that's all it feels like. But that's all that's needed on such a a book. It's not bogged down by um, these extraneous strands of like heavy dialogue or uber you know violence. Like yeah, like uber violence, violence to to go to go down some rabbit hole that explores a certain portion of uh of the world setting for for too long it's just like the cool part about it is he tells you he tells you what's up with duke in the first issue and in the next five issues duke makes it back to tantalus and he overthrows the dictator sorry typhon by inspiring the people and overthrowing the kingfisher and that's it and then like in the end duke gets his gets, you know, the glory that's been coming to him for 40 years. Like, it's just like bullet point, bullet point, and and it's just cool because of it. It's just a great story. It's just a great story. And can we talk about how much GD fun Goran was having oh, God. in this book? I mean, it, you could tell he was having the time of his life. Did you guys see the loving care and detail he put into that Shelby Mustang GT500 in the man. last two issues. I mean, it looked like a drive right off the page in like a 60s era like Mustang advertisement in like Life magazine. You know what I mean? It looks like an artist rendition from the 60s. It, you know, I had a 67 coupe and it had a um I had the original owner's manual. And in the owner's manual they didn't have pictures of the car. They had artists rendering of the car, and I swear it reminded me of that manual as soon as I saw it on the page. I mean, what a credit to his art that it's so evocative mm-hmm. that it can just make me think of of being young and having that that Mustang behind you know underneath my hands again as I wheel it through the streets. I mean, with no power steering, no oof. power brakes. Didn't need it. It was a death trap. <laughs> yeah. Doing, uh, getting pulled over for doing 140, losing your license because of it. Listen, when I'm putting my business out here on the interwebs, I'm sure you could probably Google it and find my arrest record, but let's say that it doesn't exist. Sure, sure. For the for the sake of this episode, we'll pretend it didn't happen. Right, yeah. Goran Parlov is... We don't deserve Goran Parlov. 
we, we really just don't, don't. We don't deserve <laughs> we him. We really don't. He's in like the category of artists. I don't. We don't deserve like Stuart Imminent. I think people. We don't deserve his work at all. And Goron stuff. Obviously, Fury Max. We spent like two hours talking about that one book in one episode. Mm-hmm. But the way I loved how it reverted to that old school eighties and maybe other decades, but I just remember from the eighties Superman John Byrne stuff. Every first issue started with a splash page. You turn the page and you just see this gorgeous Goron splash page of something beautiful or shocking and you're in you're hooked and he can do those landscapes like nobody else i mean next level stuff out the wazoo amazing art so dynamic so fun looking and it's just i just amazing i want every page on my walls yeah just the just duke the way duke was portrayed just phenomenal stuff by Goron. I mean, he just looked like a 70-year-old B.A. Like Clint Eastwood. Like, like not even, yeah, Clint Eastwood, but like a thick-necked, stocky person who's like Mr. Incredible. A 70-year-old Mr. Incredible after he got back in shape or something. Yeah, I think even Miller described the book, or someone had said it was like, you know, Buzz Lightyear meets Unforgiven. And that was like, oh uh, wow, oh, that's that should be on the jacket. That is a uh, that's a H of a quote. I will there. say the color, the colors. I just want to see if I recognize the colorist names, but I I don't. Ives Forcina did the colors, and I felt like those were just as dynamic as the art too. You know, very. I don't want to say simplistic, but it didn't go over the top. It felt the mood was nailed everywhere, and even on the planet where it's just these gorgeous planet that you know is lush with life and forests and beauty and where compared to when he came back the second time, it was just like so desolate and full of Mm -hmm. mining and bleak. I thought it was great. Just like the perfect team for this book. And if if that's one thing, Miller, like more often than not, he can put a quality team together for his books. I don't know how he does it. Yeah. And the, uh, the other thing I noticed with the colors is the you know, the color palette, used on earth is just completely different from the color palette that's used in on the on the planet in space and even for the you know the vegetation and stuff there's just slight differences from slight to extreme but you definitely look like you're in a foreign place looking at the whole palette between the two planets it's just uh you know great it's just a great book guys it's a a feel-good book now that you said it, I can't stop imagining this book as like a Pixar animated film, like for adults though. Like just get, like I just said, like I look at the page and I just imagine these characters rendered, imagined rather these characters rendered as they fly through their spaceships and shoot rays at people and have swashbuckling uh, sword fights on the top of towers. I mean, that would be amazing. I think too, like this book really shocked me and i don't know if it's because of miller's previous work or just what i expect in comics but duke just turned out to be like on every opportunity he was a good man he was a great man like he came to this planet and this gorgeous beautiful queen uh he saves the day saves this planet saves the civilization he could just stay there and bed this woman She's like, why don't you just stay? Like, well, why go back to Earth? You you're, you could be king here. And he's like, no, I've got to get back to my wife. You know, she, she's going to be waiting for me. And he goes back. No, and then on Earth, nobody believes him except for her. So she always stuck by him. And then he's got these ratty kids that don't believe his story at all. They, they don't have the time of day for him. When he goes back again, he saves the day. And he could stay there and be king again could do whatever he wants why go back to those loser kids but he's got like grandkids he wants to go go back and see and i just at every turn he could make the most like selfish decision really in this book and he doesn't and it was just so refreshing i did though like when he got his comeuppance because i i seriously thought the ending was going to be that he was going to go back people yeah. wouldn't believe him a second time but he would just have like a smirk like you know, only I need to know that it happened. Oh, that was great. But instead, we get the best ever ending where he he buzzes the one sun's uh, uh, skyrise, and then what does he do for the second one? Is he a school teacher? He flies and he has over. The whole class look up. 
I think like space outside. space boy calls the calls him up and or something. And then I mean that Amazing. scene that was you're absolutely right. That was a perfect ending. He could have just been dropped off, and that was his like decision. He he probably just would, was fine keeping it quiet. But Spaceway's like, no way. We're gonna yeah. show everybody that you were right this whole time, and they were wrong to doubt you. And I almost lost it at the end there when Spaceboy jumps up and salutes him and says, "It's been an honor serving you." Like just like the perfect every yeah. every note was perfect for this story, and and Jonesy talked about the ending how he a year later he's with the family and he goes out and has that smoke. And you know, talks to his wife or says goodbye to his wife, but phew, man, yeah, it's just really, it was just a really gratifying story. And when I like, there was a couple points in the story where I was waiting for like the other shoe to drop, like mm-hmm. it was going to get a little deeper, like we talked about earlier. But I mean, I, one of some of the things I came up with, was, or or some of the twists that I was like that I thought was coming, was like Space Kid was going to be Dukes or something. Or um, the the captain of the Queen's Guard, I forget what her name was, but like I, I had a feeling that there was going to be something going on with her that, and it would have like extended the storyline a little bit, but it never did. And just that space, and then just Space Kid giving Duke what he's he's owed for forty years. I mean, you're you're. If you're those thirty, you know, if you're those dirtbag kids, how do you, what, how are you gonna feel after yeah. living your life for thirty five years, not believing your dad? If there was one Man. thing I would have preferred to see is those kids just like groveling or just apologizing to him, like one frame or something, yeah. where they realize the error of their ways, but that but, didn't happen. But maybe just, I mean, maybe the shots of them all at dinner with his grandkids, yeah, like maybe that, was, that enough. was enough, and maybe that was enough for Duke, like he was never. And he he probably would never even want that. Like I'm yeah. the selfish one here. Right. I right. want to see those kids feel like <laughs> feel like a, and it didn't happen. <laughs> and that, and he was fine with them just being a family again. I just, and there was a couple a uh, couple things I screenshotted, but some of the um, like some of his dialogue choices just to kind of show like kind of what an old man he is. He's in one of the uh, shots. He wanted to get the Christmas presents or birthday presents out to his granddaughters. And he, he's like, I always want him to arrive a few days early and stuff. I'm like, that's total grandpop move. <laughs> How about the, I don't know if it was Miller writing this in a script or Parlov, but when space boys, parents are executed in front of him and he, he the, the assassins like, who, who are you going to call to help you out? And it's just this beautiful shot of Space Boy with the statue of Duke behind him, and mm. he like looks back and sees it. Oh man, great placement! And back to the uh, the '67 Mustang, like great placement. It just you know, Miller just wrote in in their Rebel base. <laughs> There's an auto dealer who happens to have an earthen '67 Mustang there, so it can come back at the end, and Duke can drive it into the uh, the. Do- Fortress with no doors because mm-hmm. that's just did like you, uh, that's him. Do you catch Parlov's um, homage to his favorite spaceships in that scene? There's the ships from um, kind of looks like the Millennium Falcon, kind of looks like Slave One, kind of looks like an X-wing, kind of looks like the fighters from um, I think uh, the original Battlestar Galactica. Do you see those? No. Hmm. Yeah, it's a nice little Easter egg in there if you guys look back. Book is absolutely gorgeous. Yeah, hands yeah. down. Let's just start a I think Parlov podcast. <laughs> I'm going to tweet. Uh, I'm going to tweet them and find out to, to see what the story is on any hardcover action. I mean, oh, there's a trade boy. out there. There's a trade, but there's got to be a hardcover for that. Be a hard Maybe can we go to incognito mood mode <laughs> so that Dale's uh, mortgage company can't see this episode? <laughs> That's technically feasible. Yes, we can turn this podcast incognito mode. Does it have a cloaking device like Klingons? <laughs> Browsing cloak. We'll put that on. But I don't know what. I think Gorlon. Gor, yeah, Gorlon. Um, Ennis has said previously that he's doing another uh, Punisher book. What? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I haven't. He A sequel to Born, maybe? Uh, no. No, I don't know. <laughs> Ram was just jackhammering through this table. Jesus. I think. Um, I forget, but I think Goron um, confirmed Garland, that, if you will, that he'll be drawing it with a big, what? big friend of the show, uh, Rebecca Gordo. 
that that she tweeting what, you right what the, what's the bit the bad part about that is i, I think i was able to re, i started fury max in the middle but then i had to wait you know the month months for those issues to come out i come almost feel bad that i'd i'd have to read goron monthly again like that wait is just awful the wait in between more goron pages mm, yeah and i think starlight six was kind of late a few months so i had to wait in between these issues but Having collected Goron, for people that read Fury Max for the first time all in one sitting, you don't have to wait for those issues. God bless you. You're a hero to experience that. Starlight. Starbright. We got your letters. I'm going to open them up. Farrington's going to read them to you. you. Letters at paperkeg.com. If you want to shoot us a letter, we might read it on that. Our very first letter comes to us from Rising from the Depths of the Holidays. Your humble intern reports back for duty before you pass that baton. Regarding your queries from last episode, and he does this great thing where he, he puts bold for our queries and then answers them regular text. I mean, he, his attention to detail. Uh, you asked if Jonathan Hickman had a game-slash-design background, saying his Hickmanian design stylings reminded you of Halo style. In an interview, Hickman said, I have an architecture degree. That's what my college degree is in, and that sucked. I started doing web and CD-ROM development really early on, and then that grew into being an art director and doing advertising work. In 2005, he came in second place in CBR's Comic Book Idol Art Competition, and the Nightly News was his first published work in 2006. The lead designer of Halo was John Howard. Regarding whether Tarantino was influenced by Lady Snowblood, uh, which we discovered was me uh, stealing an opinion from another writer, (laughs) but uh, The Guardian noted in 2004, it's striking just how much Tarantino has lifted from these films. Lady Snowblood in particular is practically a template for the whole of Kill Bill Volume 1, right down to the climactic fight at a masked party. Listener Lightning Round Review, Scalped, Volume 1. Dale, you listening? Surely there has never been a better reason for three friends to set aside their differences and revisit this book. I know for the first time for Jonesy, uh, Jason Aaron delivers a stunning work with originally defined characters, intense plotting and storytelling, Admittedly, sometimes murky artwork, but hands down the most bad A lead character in comics this century. Wow. Wishing you wow. health and great comics in 2015, Matt Double H. Now I'm going to throw down my own challenge here. Uh, at Nimitinity, if you are listening, please uh, read Scalped and thusly forcing Dale to read it again for a episode where you guest host. That's crazy. I have, a, I have a vague feeling that she did read Scouts, but I can't remember what she thought. Could be very incorrect. So, Just do it, just do it for me. Nimity. You owe me nothing, but just do this for me. Let's just, let's just hit all the, cat, all the back catalog with Nimity reading all the books. <laughs> and we're booked for, now we're booked solid for another three years. And we could take one. We could take one weekend where we just record like twelve episodes and just bang them out. Wow, that's three month break, I think. Or we could just or or why'd you do it, Slim? You just set them off. We could just take the entire back catalog and have Namini record her portion and just stick them into the old recordings and re-release those. Boom, three year hiatus. I like where your head's at right now. If I can be honest with you, I know you do. I know you do. Did you rip your shawl off in anger? <laughs> your shawl was on earlier this episode. Uh, Are you so piping mad James, that no, you, that's, you clawed it off? That's your uh, 1,200 milligram antibiotics doing the talking there. I, I didn't give me some shot. hallucinogens. I'm now on this new one, doxycycline. It uh, does some interesting things to what I put out of my body. Let me tell you that. Our uh, next letter came before Matt at HH's, but we missed it because it actually came mere minutes after we hit stop on our previous podcast, but it came from uh, King of the Letter Writers at Dragonfro. 
Hey, fellas, don't really have much to say this week. Been playing that Dragon Age all day, every day, you feel? Unlike Dale, I stick to one character at a time. Still backed up on my reading, just haven't had the urge to tackle the pile yet. Hope you all had a great Christmas, and we'll have a great New Year's. At Dragonfro on the Twitters. P.S. Jeff Johns really liked the interview, so now I don't know what to believe in anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Dragonfro, hospital high five, man. Hope you're feeling better. Yeah, he's a... He's feeling uh, under the weather out there on the West Coast, Central Mountain Time, whatever he's in. So sorry about that, Dragon Fro. Feel better. And keep playing Dragon Age, whereas uh, I have not played past the first 20 minutes of the the game. Apologies. We have one more letter. uh, It could be read on the air, maybe. Do it. Uh, It is from uh, favorite guest host at Nominity. When are you guys, to preface, all right, Slim and Amity, they live together. There's probably a lot of groundwork laid before I would this hope letter. they live together, married with a child. When are you guys going to lock yourselves in a room, record four episodes, and give yourselves a month break? Not j- saying, just saying, air quotes, the marriage may be over if this doesn't happen, end air quotes. That was my... That was my. Uh, so that wasn't in the letter. There that was, was no not in the letter. In, that last that the marriage might be over. I mean, guys, but we're picking up uh, what's being put down. Are the four episodes a paper keg, a paper keg movie, a uh, Tom Cruise episode? I mean, it's not like we haven't booked a lot of work for ourselves. We did it all to ourselves. <laughs> we sure There's did. No one can be blamed outside of us. Just thank God we never set a set schedule for any of those things, except for the comic yeah. one. And then that's once a month. <laughs> right. Right. We missed Tom Cruise last month. Um, well, Tom would want that. Tom would want have wanted us to take the month. Right. Interview with a podcast vampire. We're going through Tom Cruise's catalog forever. Next episode will be The Outsiders, I believe. Mm. Yeah, I believe you're right. Yeah. Ah, Blix. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's a great idea. We'll, we'll read four books. We'll get some five hours. You know, maybe we make that a paper keg weekend where the three of us get together, we go to that basement, we record local four episodes. We'll hang out. Man. What a weekend that would be. Save we by would, the belly college. Listen, we would have to... This couldn't become habit-forming. We'd, we'd do it for one time. Okay? Maybe once a year we do a it. A month break. You know, a month break from recording paper keg radio syndicate shows. Right? That doesn't appeal to you, Dale. Oh that that sound you you hear is Dale backsliding and trying to talk himself out of Dale's it. Dale's got poop backsliding right now up his back. That's for the four episodes of the flap we're going to report in one record one day, along with everything else. It's just an idea. It's all it is. It any is kind it's of, not any kind not, of paper I'm keg not, idea look, comes out. Dale's cheeks just tighten up where they go inside of themselves. Because you might as well start playing uh, Desiree. Taps. You might as well, you know, put put the final nail in the coffin. But do, I'm saying, I'm saying, live to tape. It's not. I I am not opposed. To the, I like the idea, mm-hmm. but we can't let we can't get comfortable with the idea. You know, to keep it. To, you to think s- you think that the moment we get comfortable is the moment where I'm shimming out the door of paper keg. <laughs> you said I'm. I would have said hours. Pass hour. The torch don't you dare. from my you faltering don't, no. hand. You stopped. Like Who would even take my place? Would would the show even continue? What happens if at I get Nimitty. hit by another car and I'm riding my bike? At Nimitty, your and wife then will take over. And then you're sitting in bed waiting for her to finish recording every week. So either way, you guys are Who, who, about who edits the play? show? Who's going to edit the show from there? Jonesy? Get out of here. Wait. I, I mean, I'm not an imbecile. I can <laughs> learn how to do it. I uh, I troubleshooted my own GarageBand problems thanks to Google before you guys even sent me that phone call from the computer today. Yeah, maybe four book clubs. Uh, you know, no more than six issues for each book club. Nothing too crazy. We should just do four Baltimore episodes in a row. Oh God! Oh wow! <laughs> that could be it. Dale, you all right? Dale, get back in your chair. He's finished. I just I just uh, loosed into my Duluth Trading Company brand boxers. 
I just imagine us when we come back from this hiatus, like the beginning of Young Guns 2, where they're searching for all the outlaws. And Dale's like, Keeper I hope that's what it is. Being dragged behind some I horses. hope, I predict the night we're supposed to record after having a month off, we, I mean, we might not get started until 11 p.m. because we're hemming and hauling. We're just like, oh, okay, I got to do this thing again. Which one of us that's gets my, shot? That's my biggest fear. That's all. Which it's one not of a bad us gets idea. Shot in the kneecaps. That was one of the most horrifying <laughs> scenes in movie history where that dude gets shot in the knees. You don't recover from that. It's game over if you get shot yeah, in the kneecaps. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. It's the Achilles heel of the knee. I love Next you, week, Halo. Maybe. Goodbye. show so it was a fantastic show felt great tell i think you, i think you're the one that wants to take a break you just don't want a minute to yourself oh my word that is scandalous to say out loud i might paypal you 20 bucks for having me out of this episode so. <laughs> i am just a monster i can't get it together I mean, over here the goebbels comment <laughs> to start off the show uh, whoops you chuckled. I did chuckle he's, during he's the like show. A, he's like a cornered badger tonight. He's just <laughs> just unleashing. I think it stems from tech smoke. I, I was actually looking at Jensen's Twitter account during the show, and I, I saw <laughs> uh, <laughs> hashtag who are the muted, and I cracked <laughs> up. Uh, that was a good one. New HBO show. Every once in a while I get it. <laughs> He's looking for confirmation, Slim. Please <laughs> No, no, actually I'm not. Blink twice if I am muted. <laughs> Tug your ear if I was muted. Uh, I got to get back on the uh, podcast listening horse. I've been off so long. I'm, uh, you know, I got to start catching up. Oh, gosh. Catching up. I'm almost through. Uh, thank you for not smoking, Dale. I'm, I'm ready oh, to get back good. on the book jug horse. Because we, you know, Slim, how are you making out on your side project? Wait, what are we talking about? Live. I'm, uh, I'm We're alluding. live to tape. I'm alluding to our side project. How, how far along are you on that? Um, the as yet unannounced one? Yeah. Well, yeah he I had that week in Seattle, Jonesy. He's probably, he's probably got it coming. Listen, I deserve any kind of vitriol that you guys are going to toss at me. It's fine. <laughs> I welcome it. Uh, uh, you know, I did a lot of reflecting on on where I was in that book. <laughs> a lot of reflecting happened. <laughs> but I do not have an update at this juncture. It's all good, man. Really. So, Stray. Oh, yeah. I, I forgot that you want to talk about that. So, I, is he calling that a direct homage to Watchmen or... Because I, I just got the biggest Watchmen vibe. I didn't even think of Watchmen at all. I just thought it was a Batman Robin thing. Maybe it's just because I don't remember Watchmen stuff. Could be. I mean, the sidekicks. You think we should, uh, should we do that book ever? Watchmen? Yeah. I think we should at some point. Yeah, I guess. I mean, I've got, could take or leave, I mean, but before Criminal leave, anyway. We could do it next take week. Or leave Watchmen? We could do it next show. How many pages are Watchmen? Man? <laughs> Holy smokes! Are we recording Thursday? And you want to do Watchmen? I actually in four have days? Watchmen like three different versions in hardcover form. I have one trade. I have two hardcovers. I think. Wow! Look at you. It's back in the heyday. I mean, Halo can wait, right? No. Yeah, can't. that was the joke. I I don't want to do Watchmen next week. I was just because Halo's <laughs> next week. I figured. 
Sorry, I didn't Hook, mean Hook, line, and sinker. I did. I fell for it. What else? Anybody else? It, there was nothing out no, this it was, week. There was only 12 new books came out. 10 or 12. Thor, everybody. Uh, so I'm I'm more confident than ever. I don't know. Should we spoil it? I'm not even caught Go up, ahead. but you can. I, th- I mean, I'm because it feels so much just like the next logical story arc in Thor: God of Thunder. It does feel like it's uh, Thor is spoilers. Fast forward or stop listening. Raz Solomon, the Shield agent. You know, I didn't think that until a uh, friend of the show, Bex Gordo, threw that into the mix. Because I was really hoping it, one of, it was one of Thor's like far-flung granddaughters mm-hmm. from the future. Because one of them can already lift Mjolnir. So I figured it was just her coming back. I think it would be, it would be really cool and uh, give, the, give the character more legs if it were like one of Thor's granddaughters from the future. But just from the fact that this story is so rock Roxon centric and um Dario the Minotaur is the main bad guy and, and that's all was Roz was about since uh the twenty point one issue. That's all that's all Roz was going after is Roxon. Yeah, I read I think I read issue two and I had no idea what was going on. I was like Roxon because I haven't been reading Thor the last mm. like two or three trades. I'm out of loop. So issue two, they were like heavy into Roxon yeah. and this villain. And I was like, man, they're really laying into something that I'm not really getting. And I think I didn't have any desire to go past that for whatever reason. Yeah, so I think yeah. it was it was uh, 20.1 was the first issue uh, about Roxon. But uh, Roxon is, was heavily, has been heavily featured ever since then. And uh, the one S.H.I.E.L.D. agent basically who's been trying to take them down is this shield agent Roz who like Thor was heavily flirting with and they were kind of like you know had this flirtation flirtatious relationship and the fact that Thor uh, showed up in issue three and is very confrontational is like I'm here to get my hammer back that's going to throw I, like it just it all kind of makes sense because like he likes Roz but is he going to like appreciate that Roz has the hammer even though she doesn't mean any ill intent thrown his way or whatever. How is Roxxon still a business at this point? Like making money. I feel like they've been doing evil for decades in Marvel Comics, yeah. but they're somehow <laughs> yes. like it's like if Exxon were like housing terrorists and nobody could link it to Exxon. Right, feel but like everybody time, knew. Yeah, it's time for <laughs> that Somebody's company. breaking into Slim's house as we speak to eliminate him for <laughs> yeah, suggesting I feel like it's time to hang up Roxxon Roxxon mm-hmm. at some point and make a new company. A shell company. I don't even care. I'm just tired of hearing of that company. <laughs> Called LexCorp. <laughs> and he's run. I mean, it's and now and now it's run by a literal like man who turns into a minotaur. Not everybody <laughs> knows that, but I mean, it's a. And don't get me wrong, the Thor issues were fantastic, but it's like more. It's definitely an evil corporation run by an evil minotaur. <laughs> 